Welcome to the Ferris Love Podcast, where we share spiritual and practical ideas for how to live family life with a beautiful, self-sacrificing love. In this episode, we've brought back Amber Hassett and Kenzie Covarubias to talk about miscarriaging um, and their company Held in Hope. So if you missed their previous episode where we talked all about their company Held in Hope and the miscarriage boxes that they have, please go back and listen to that one. Um, But today they are here and we're going to talk specifically to the woman who might be experiencing a miscarriage. So welcome, Amber and Kenzie. Thank you. Thank you for having us. We're excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you back. So this is going to be obviously a more difficult, I think, conversation this time around than the last time. So prepping anyone who happens to be listening, if you're in the car with the kids, maybe you want to listen to this at a different time. Um, But let's, let's dive in. So tell me what advice or what would you want to say? What's the first thing you would want to say to a woman who's going through a miscarriage right now? I would say, first of all, I'm not an expert in this field, except for the fact that we just, um, through what we've been doing with our organization, we talk to women all the time um, that share their stories. We have our own stories. Um, but so we're, I'm just going to pull from that knowledge, my own um, knowledge I've gathered. Um, but I would say, first and foremost, when you find out, when someone tells you they're having a miscarriage, they've reached out and shared that information with you. Um, I just, you are so sorry, uh, Mm -hmm. the same that you would do with any news of a death, um, Mm -hmm. in a family. I am so sorry for your loss. Mm -hmm. Um, I am like my heart breaks for you, Mm -hmm. um, and what you're going through and just sincerely putting yourself in a place that you were speaking with a broken person. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're in a, they're devastated. Um, and also, not shying away from talking to them mm-hmm. because I think that it, when you hear that news, it's shocking that you might think like, okay, this person needs space. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go. Um, when actually that might be true, but I would say to open the conversation of what do you need? What can I do for you? Mm-hmm. Um, and if she's like, I don't know, I'm just so upset and just be like, you can just pour anything you're feeling out to me right now, this is a safe place. Like just, you can cry, you can yell, you can say nothing. I'll stay on the line with you, you know? So just putting yourself in a position of, I am so sorry. I am here for you in whatever capacity you need. You like, and also this is a safe space. You're safe here. Let it out. Yeah. I, I agree with Kenzie. Um, I think the biggest thing is that you, you validate what they're going through, mm-hmm. um, that you, that you say, I mean, the, I'm so sorry is important. Um, but I think the more important part is the, like I'm here and whatever you feel mm-hmm. is totally valid. Mm-hmm. Like if you are angry, if you, are just so sad or, you know, any, there's a whole wide range of emotions with grief. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just keeps going. I mean, it's, it's not a fast process. It's a really slow process and to just be there and, and even check in like Kenzie has checked in with me months afterwards. Like, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. And like, that's so appreciative. Like, because it's not like it just went away. 
right. like it's, it's there forever. Mm-hmm. And so it's so helpful to a woman to say, I'm so sorry. And I'm here. Mm-hmm. And, and like, this is, and don't shy away from saying like, this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, because a lot of times they, they are like, I shouldn't feel like we talked about this on the previous podcast, but like, I shouldn't feel this way. Like the culture is telling me I shouldn't feel these big feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do. And like, is there something wrong with me? And what do I, what do I do with all of this? So for somebody else to come along and validate that, it's like a breath of fresh air, Mm -hmm. you know, to be like, okay, I'm okay. Like I'm not okay, but it's okay that I'm not okay. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that no, that makes, that makes total sense. And I think too, to your point earlier that like grief is a process and it's long. It's not just like, okay, well, you've finished miscarriage, miscarrying, you figured out what you're going to do and now done. No, like this is a loss of a life in the same way that you would grieve over a long term. And it will look different at different times and different seasons. The same with this, like for a woman who's experiencing this, grief is going to look different and it's going to, it's a journey. It's not just going to be an instantaneous thing. It's done. It's over. You've moved on. It's fine. Right. And so being the friend that supports, but also being the woman who, if they're going through that knows that and accepts that. And it's kind of like mentally prepared for the fact that this is going to be a process for them. Right. Yeah. That's a good point to that's also, I think the biggest thing I would tell a woman that's miscarrying is take, take your time. Yes. Like I kept, I mean, I kept telling Kenzie, I'm like, I don't know why I still feel like this. Like I want to feel better. Yeah. And, and she kept being like, it's fine. It has not been that long. Like take your time. And so I think like, it's okay that it takes time. Well, and I remember there was a time you weren't that far out and I checked on you and you said, I feel so much better today. I'm better. I'm better today. (laughs) And I was like, but in the event that you're not, that's okay too. Yeah. Cause you wanted to feel better. So bad. yeah, I did. I wanted but, to feel better. So bad. Right. Yeah. Well, and some days you might feel better. And then the next day, yeah. who knows you're reading yeah. the hungry caterpillar and suddenly you're like, I'm not okay right now. Right. Or whatever, <laughs> that, whatever you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Um, so in your boxes and these held in hope boxes, you send a letter that Amber you wrote, um, to the woman who's experiencing the miscarriage. So I wonder if you would be willing to read that to us so people know kind of what's in there and so that anyone who's experiencing this, here's what you have to say. Sure. So it is going to talk a little bit about what you're going to find in the box. So keep that in mind as we go through it. Um, Dear Mama, we are so sorry you have lost your baby. There are no words that will make it hurt any less, but we hope that this kit will help with some of your needs during this time. This kit has information on your options, and we know that you don't want any of them, and none of them are what you had hoped for. You will also find everything you need to catch and find your baby, as well as some personal care items so that you know that you're not alone and you are cared for. You'll find two hats, one with holes for straining and one without, a peri bottle, a small plastic bag for your placenta, should you choose to do chromosomal testing, a container to place your baby in, and saline to preserve your baby. You will also find a cover to put over the container. There's a small plastic spoon if you want to use it to help pick up your baby and two pairs of gloves. There's also a waterproof pad should you want to stand over that to catch the baby. Please read through the instructions on using the kit and see the fetal development card on the back. There are also some items for you. We pray for each and every mama as we assemble the kits. Held in hope. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, so... 
spinning off of this and a little bit of what we had talked about last time. Um, and you had mentioned that a lot of women feel a lot of blame, a lot of, a lot of self-blame, perhaps a lot of guilt, Mm -hmm. right. In the midst of a miscarriage. And so can you just walk us through that a little bit and how can a woman see that this is not, this is not her fault. Like this is not like a bad on her or she's the problem or whatever. Yeah. I think a lot of women feel like they're broken in some way. Like this is like, my body can't do this. Or um, was it something I did? I, I know like I went, we went to, um, sorry, I talked a lot about my story, but we went, we went to Indiana beach, uh, which is a small amusement park in Indiana. We went there two days before Mm. I had that ultrasound that said there was no heartbeat. And I remember when he said, your, your baby has no heartbeat. One of the first thoughts was, did I ride a ride that was just too, like, I was like, I rode the little train that like putt putts around. Like, but that was my first thought. Immediate blame. Yeah. And then it was like, but no, this isn't my fault. So like, I went back to that, like, this isn't my fault. And I know it's not my fault, but we are so quick to Mm. think like, did I drink too much coffee? Like that's, that's one, like that's, that is one, um, exercise. Yeah. Is another one. And they could be cleared for exercise or have gone on a light jog. Mm-hmm. And they think that's what did it. Mm-hmm. I I did this to mm-hmm. my, to myself, yeah. to my baby. Um, But I know when I was going through some fears of losing a pregnancy, I remember so clearly my doctor being like a healthy pregnancy will, will stay. You, you would be, it would, it's very hard to mm-hmm. cause an issue with a healthy pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And he did reassure me because I think I was pretty far along at that point. Like everything looks great. Mm-hmm. And like, no, what you are doing in your day-to-day life is not going to disturb that pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the truth of it. Uh, women put the blame on themselves when it's, I mean, so minuscule anytime it's ever actually a result of an action. And really it would have to be something quite tragic. Yeah, like, like- an like an yeah. automobile accident, yeah. a, a big fall, you know, something like that. It's not these things that women often turn on themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that is why we do mention the chromosomal testing in our box, because through that, a lot of times women do get the concrete results. Mm-hmm. This is not your fault. It's nothing you did. This was a chromosomal thing. Right. It it could never be predicted. There is no, there's and it no can't reason. be prevented and it mm-hmm. can't be prevented. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And do you find that that gives peace to a lot of people as they're kind of going through that? For sure. Mm-hmm. I think so. Um, like we did chromosomal testing and I was, it also gives you the relief to know this shouldn't happen again. Mm. Like a chromosomal error is, is not, I mean, if it happens once, it's like, once it's, it's not something that would repeat. And so you can kind of note, like have relief in that, like mm-hmm. it is a chromosomal error. Like we're good. Like if we want to try to have another baby, like it, it really should be fine. So to remove some of that fear from a, a, a future pregnancy too. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I can imagine 
as you're experiencing a miscarriage or afterwards, you can be very fearful then of, of subsequent pregnancies, right? Because you're like, what if this happens again? I don't know if I have the, the strength to be able to deal with this. Like that can also be a lot of what's in the background of a woman's mind. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, what about, we mentioned too, in the previous episode, the idea of women often feel very alone in this time. So for a woman who is feeling alone right now, feeling very like, it's just me, what, what advice would you have for them? Or what suggestions would you have? I would really encourage them to tell somebody. Hmm. I mean, a lot of people don't tell anyone that they're pregnant. I mean, maybe their husband knows, um, but they haven't really told any friends or their mom. Um, I do think it's, I do think it's good. Like you need to, you need to tell somebody, I mean, choose wisely, (laughs) Um, but you need to tell someone. And so that you're not feeling that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's also a common thing to feel, even if you have all the people around you, right. so like to know that that's a normal, mm-hmm. it's a normal response to feel alone too. I mean, yeah. it, it's something only you can walk through. I mm-hmm. mean, when, once you are told that like, it's you that's mm-hmm. going to walk through it, you have mm-hmm. support people with you, but that feeling of aloneness, totally valid and mm-hmm. normal. Yeah. That's good. What about your husband? what, what can you ask for of him or what, you know, like, obviously he's also going to be grieving to a certain extent. He's also lost a child as a result, but like, how can you ask him for the support that you need as well during this time? I think just, um, knowing he, he does carry that emotional grief, but, um, you're carrying the emotional and the physical. Um, so, you know, just lean on, lean on him. Um, And I know, so my miscarriage looked different than Amber's. Um, Mine, we only knew for a week and it just spontaneously began at home. Uh, But I think my husband and I were both surprised by how hard we took it because, Mm. and I kept telling myself, we only knew for a week. We only knew for a week, Um, you know, trying to diminish it even Mm -hmm. to myself. Um, And I was surprised by how long he grieved. I would say for me, it was weirdly like every time he would come to me and say like I'm so really struggling I felt like okay me too like we could do that together mm-hmm. um sure. that I know in my just in my own story that to me was really healing that um maybe just because it was so validating mm-hmm. but that we could grieve together sure. um and I know all marriages are going to look different and how people process this is going to look different but just um I would say just be clear about what you need mm-hmm. um, because he isn't going to know, right? right? That's a big problem. I think in a lot of marriages, because spouses mm-hmm. are not mind readers. Yeah. Um, so just like today I'm hurting today, I feel really depleted mentally or physically, emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, here's what I need from you sure. and not to tell yourself, no, I don't need that. It's been a week. I don't need that. No. If you feel that you need it, mm-hmm. you need it and vocalize that. Sure. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I was, when I was thinking about what to say, when Kenzie was talking, the biggest thing is tell your husband what you need. Mm. Um, yeah. So I, I had mentioned in the previous podcast, I didn't even tell my husband that I needed him to just sit with me. I mean, I, I ended up buying some coloring books because I was waiting. I was just in this period of like, 
it was like the longest labor of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I was like, I need something to do. And so I would sit in color and he would just sit there and watch soccer games. He didn't ever say anything. Mm -hmm. Um, just, we, we sat outside on our porch, uh, every day for like most of the day. And, um, he just stayed with me and Mm -hmm. it was the most beautiful part of it. I think is he just really held the space. Mm -hmm. Um, and had he not done it, I probably would have told him that I needed him to do it um, because I'm usually very vocal in terms of like, I need this. Uh-huh. So he's, but he anticipated that and I appreciated it. Uh-huh. And this is, it's so great because it's true. Like we need them to, to be there and, but the communication needs to be open, right? Like both ways, like, you know, Kenzie's husband being like, I'm so grieving. And you're like, oh, thank gosh, we can talk about this together. Like we're doing this. We are both grieving together you know, and then Amber, your husband being like, I'm just here. Like, and you're just, he's just a presence that you knew he was there and you can lean on him. If you wanted, you could talk if you wanted, but you could color if you wanted and not have to, you know? Um, and that both of those are really good and really important. I think, um, especially, you know, for the husband and the, and the wife who's going through that. It's great. One small thing to add is that this might not be in every case, but I know a lot of times people want to be there for you mm-hmm. when you're going through this. Um, so let them, Mm. let them, like if somebody says, I just heard, and I want to bring your family dinner tomorrow night, what does everybody say? Oh no, you don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. Instead. Thank you. Mm -hmm. That would be a big help. Like, I don't know why we're programmed to push away help, Mm. but if you're in that position and I would, I'm guessing if you're in that position, like you don't really want to make dinner for your family tomorrow night either. You know, so, so take the dinner, um, let people help you. Um, and there's no like shame in that and saying, I look, people brought us dinner for a week. You know, there's no shame in that. And that, and, um, if you've been a support person of someone going through it too, it is really nice to know, like in this tiny way, I help them. Mm -hmm. It was lasagna, but I feel like I helped them. (laughs) Uh, that's a really valid point too, that we're not good at asking for help or like accepting help when it's given. And I wonder too, if it's partly like it's seen as weakness, like, no, no, I can do this. Like I can do it all. I can still be super mom and take care of the whole family. And while grieving the loss of a child, like you don't, you don't have to do it all. You can, a lot, you can let other people love you and help mm-hmm. you in this way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, advice do you guys have either from your own experience or from the women that you've now been helping and dealing with through held and hope, um, for telling other people, if you have already announced that you're pregnant. And so now like the whole family knows all your friends know, right. The kids, the other kids know what advice do you have for kind of telling others and having that message get out. Yeah. So people in general are really good at spreading the news. Uh, just in general. So like, if you tell, if you tell your friends and it is a uh, fair game to mm-hmm. tell everybody else that you're pregnant, they're going to tell everybody you're pregnant. Cause they're excited for you. Mm-hmm. Um, in that same way, I think to ask those friends, like, Hey, I don't know that I could say the words that of what just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, could you tell people for me? Mm-hmm. Um, I asked several people, um, the pastor at our church was like, do you want me to tell anybody? And I was like, oh yeah, you can make an announcement at mass, dude. Like I need everybody to know because I need no one to ask me how this is going. Right. And then there were 
accidental people that mm-hmm. would just be like, oh my gosh, we went to the farmer's market. Um, and we know the girl that runs this particular stand that we went to, we see her every week. And um, she ran up, she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited for you. You're going to have your girl. And she was just going on and on. And I just was, and my oldest son was looking at me like, mom, she's, and I was just like, you know, that's so sweet. But unfortunately we have some bad news. We lost the baby. And then she was like, because I mean, she had no idea and it wasn't her fault. So that's one of those, like, you know, you don't blame the person for that. And you, I mean, we tried to do them all with a lot of grace, Mm -hmm. um, you know, to give the grace to the other people too, in those moments, because they had no idea. Right. Um, And I don't know if you have anything to add. Um, I didn't, I hadn't told a lot of people. Um, Mm -hmm. I told like my mom and my husband, I think, and and Amber, of course. Um, I think uh, I, but even to my, I'm in like a friend group, like group message. I think I just put out there like, um, I was pregnant and I'm miscarrying and I just, I needed them to know. Mm -hmm. They're also prayerful people. So they were like, we are praying for you. We're here for you. And I, it was weird because I dropped this like bomb on my group because they didn't even know, but I was yeah. like, I'm telling you because I need you to know. Right. And, right. and they were amazing. But you, um, I know I, I've told, I told people via text, Amber told me via text. Um, yeah. Well, I couldn't talk. Yeah. So don't, <laughs> there was no talking. <laughs> you, you don't have to like take this ownership of like, I'm going to do this just the right way. Yeah. Yeah. I think what is interesting too, with both of you and your stories is like, it's different for each woman. You figure out what works for you. If a text message is what you need to do to communicate that or a group message to people who didn't even know that you were pregnant, but like you need their prayer support. Right. And you need, you need people to know, great. You do that. And if that's not what you need, like you, it's not like that's a mandatory, you don't need to do that. Right. Or if you're okay with your parish priest announcing it at Sunday mass, <laughs> great, fine. Um, but other people would be like, my God, that sounds like the worst thing ever. Like I would never, right? So, you know, but for each woman to be like, what do I need? And like, what's going to help me through this process? What's going to help me grieve? And, you know, like, and to to lean into that, to know what they're going to need and then ask for that can be a really good thing for them. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, yeah, it is definitely person by person mm-hmm. um, who you want to share that news with. I mean, my, the group of friends, it was three of them. And I, I, chose to share that for a specific reason. Um, there were people I chose not to share this with mm-hmm. for a specific reason. You know, sure. So it was, it's going to be person by person for mm-hmm. sure. Absolutely. Um, one of the things I love about your boxes is that you really work in there in your messaging and all that to really validate that this is a life, right? That this is a life that has, has passed, Right. And that, and that we can grieve in that way, as opposed to like, oh, well, it wasn't really a baby yet anyway. It wasn't really a child. It wasn't a life. Or as the culture tells us, it's just a clump of cells. It doesn't matter. Um, so for a woman who's going through this, and I think we discussed this a little bit last episode too, but you know, that the, that the culture kind of undervalues or devalues this as a life. Right. And so if a woman is, is experiencing this, what are some ways that she can kind of validate to herself and then grieve through the process that this was a life that has now ended? I think it's important like to know, I mean, because you feel so much through it that 
And sometimes we tell ourselves the same message that the culture tells us, Mm -hmm. like, this should not be this big of a deal. Like it wasn't, it wasn't that far along or, or maybe it was further along, but like, it wasn't that far along. Why do I, why do I feel this way? And what do I do afterwards? So for example, one of the things that I, because I didn't have the box when I miscarried, um, I called the doctor's office. No, I messaged the doctor's office because I couldn't talk to anybody, but I mean, like physically could not talk to anybody because of everything that was happening. Uh, they would have talked to me, but, um, I messaged them and I was like, do I get something to catch the baby with? And she was like, yes, you can, but that's not a great response. Like, yes, you can. So you're kind of leaving it open-ended still. That Mm -hmm. is, is this a human being Mm -hmm. that I, that has died, you know? Mm -hmm. And so like, we know what to do when like our, our grandma dies, like we, we bury her. Mm-hmm. Um, we know what to do when, when other people die that we've seen living, but it's like, we don't know what to do with this. And so then you run into the whole issue of like women accidentally flushing their babies because yeah. they didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. And then that haunts them forever. Worse. I mean, yeah. I have talked to a really good friend of mine that says she still remembers, like she remembers the plop and she remembers like flushing her baby and she is has still not forgiven herself for that so we want to validate that life and be like we don't want you to have to go through all of that you know like we don't want you to have to deal with the aftermath of i flushed my baby Mm -hmm. um and we want you to know like if you want to bury your baby that's what you should do like Mm -hmm. that's that's a a great response Mm -hmm. and it honors the life of your baby and so we do talk a lot in this packet about burial because mm-hmm. I mean, some people are like, do I, what do I do? They don't even know. Like, do we bury babies? Mm-hmm. Like, well, of course you can. <laughs> so yeah. um, it's, it's really good to, that's, I think one of the best ways to validate the life is to allow people to realize like you can bury your baby and, mm-hmm. and you can have a burial service for your baby, mm-hmm. um, which kind of, it helps the grieving process too, of course, because then there's closure, but um, we'll just under, I think there needs to be a better understanding of what you most likely will see in a miscarriage. Um, and by saying it's a clump of cells, you are putting the woman in a position where she doesn't realize what she's going to see, which depending on your gestational age, but I mean, you will see something very, very early. Um, and if you're, there's a lot of trauma and you're not expecting to see a tiny person, and then you do. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying it's a clump of cells, but then you just uh, passed a baby. Mm-hmm. That's not There's that's not fair. Huge disconnect. The woman is yeah. not equipped. Um, and so accepting the personhood mm-hmm. of that of the what you're going to be going through that it's a small person, and that is why we uh, included a gestational chart so that she can know. Okay, I'm nine weeks gestation. The baby's going to be this size, weigh mm-hmm. about this much. I mean, about um, to prepare her for that. And then she knows what she's looking for, just all of the things. Um, because while it's awkward to talk about, it's uncomfortable. And that's oftentimes why doctors don't talk about it too. Yeah. Um, they don't equip the, the women properly because I think they think, oh, it's going to be too traumatic for me to tell her that she's going to see a baby. Mm-hmm. She's still going to see the baby, whether you equipped her or not. 
mm-hmm. but she would be better off equipped. Anyways, um, so we do include yeah. that mm-hmm. because that, I mean, that's what's happening here. That's what a miscarriage is. You are growing a person and then you will be passing the person. Mm-hmm. And also while I say that, that's not to say that the person, um, the woman might not choose to go into the hospital and have a DNC. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always an option too. I guess when we've been talking about it, we've been talking about um, the at home, but sure. there are other options. Yes. And we also go through that in the um, options packet that is in there mm-hmm. with no bias toward any of those options. So if you want to have a DNC, have a DNC. Right. Um, and there are reasons that people want to do that. And those are totally fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. that really, um, along with how you tell people how you grieve being so deeply personal, the choice you make, um, mm-hmm. once you find out that you're having a miscarriage, that your baby has no heartbeat, like there is no right or wrong, you, you have to make that choice for yourself. Yeah. Um, so just throwing that out there too. And to add, even if someone does a DNC, they can still bury their baby. Mm-hmm. So just so that that's like known mm-hmm. um, to women that that is still an option. It doesn't remove that option from the table. That's good right. to know. I'm sure a lot of women don't know that or wouldn't even, yeah. think, wouldn't even think to ask, right? That right. they're, they're going to the hospital, so therefore. Yeah, it is important to advocate for yourself. Um, like if you do choose to do the DNC and you want to bury your baby, make sure you go over that before um, the DNC happens so that they know what they're going to do with the remains. Sure. I want to add too that if you're listening to this and you are someone who did not have this information ahead of time and you are feeling maybe at this point like regret or like I wish I'd done things differently, like just don't do that to yourself. You didn't know or you didn't have the tools, you didn't have the resources, and you sure. did the very best you could do. Yeah. Right. So there's no like I just really hope that women can like lay down that that guilt, that blame, mm-hmm. anything you're still carrying to do with your miscarriage, like. I really hope they can just let that, let that go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as we've established in our two conversations, there, there are not resources for women who are going through this. Like you guys are trying to provide them, but like you are one of a kind, like there are not many things out there and your, your doctors aren't, you know, helping you. If your family doesn't know how to help you, like there's no guilt for however you happen to handle the situation at the time. Cause you didn't know and you did the best you could with the information you had, you know, in that moment. Yeah. You're getting through it with your own grief, hormones, all the physical, emotional parts of it. And and on top of it, nobody prepared you for really big things you have to get through. It's just really unfortunate. Mm-hmm. And we, that's, that's the goal of this whole, the whole kit is mm-hmm. to equip the woman and it's never going to be, we've, we've said this many times, it's never going to be a good day, mm-hmm. but we want to remove the trauma that doesn't have to go along with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. It's never going to be a good day, but it doesn't have to be so traumatic for all of these women. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, So before we end any last pieces of advice, words of wisdom, things you want to share with women who maybe have miscarried is are going through that process. I mean, the biggest thing I think is give yourself time Mm -hmm. um, and try to tell the people around you what you need um do you have anything yeah just give yourself grace um you're you're women going through this are living some of the worst days of their life so if you feel like this is the worst day of my life that's that's okay this it's it's just it's awful like let yourself let yourself grieve yeah Mm -hmm. 
right? That it's not, it's not a bad thing to acknowledge it as the worst day of your life. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, okay. So if you, they missed the first episode, where can they find held and hope and learn more about what you guys are doing with these miscarriage boxes? Yeah. Um, visit us on our Instagram. It's held.in.hope. Um, you can reach out to us there. Uh, a lot of information there. Um, and then a lot of information also on our website at heldenhope.org. Um, or I'm sorry, not at www. Uh, heldenhope.org. Um, a lot of information there. Um, we have our product line too there. If you know of someone who's gone through this and you want to gift them something, or if you want to gift yourself something, we have a product line there. Um, a lot of information all um, listed what's in the boxes. Um, and then you can reach out to us through there as well. Yep. Excellent. We'll link to all of that in the show notes as well so that people can find that without having to try and rewind and remember. Um, but I really appreciate it, Amber and Kenzie. Thanks so much for joining us a second time to discuss this. Yeah, thanks for having Thank us. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ferris Love Podcast. If you enjoyed it, there's a couple of quick things you can do to support us. Share this episode with a friend, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, or visit us at ferrisloveshrine.org.